everything has a beginning and everything has an end. Change is a constant thing, they say, and nothing is here to stay. But it's a new beginning, it's the start of a brand new day. Your love came into my life and washed the pain away. I thought my life was over, I thought I'd be alone. But now we've come together, this house is now our home for it's a new beginning it's the start of a brand new day your love came into my life and washed the pain away welcome back to the world library podcast the official podcast of world library publications joyfully serving the singing praying and initiating church since 1950, and part of the J.S. Pollock family since 1972. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host. I want to start by talking about one license for a moment. WLP's participation is momentous in establishing a truly comprehensive music licensing service for Roman Catholic and mainline Protestant communities in the United States, Canada, Australia, and other English-speaking countries around the world. Other participating publishers include GIA, OCP, Augsburg Fortress, Hope Publishing, Concordia, Church Publishing, Oxford University Press, and many more. By participating as a publisher with one license, WLP is confident that we can better serve those who use the music we publish and better protect the rights of our composers and artists. The OneLicense.net website is a leading-edge web-based platform where you can license, download, and easily report music sung by the Assembly, and obtain specialty licenses for podcasts, streaming, practice tracks, and much more. You can learn more at OneLicense.net. My guest today, during the 1980s, he signed a contract with World Library Publications, which published many of his inspirational music in hymnals, missalettes, recordings, and other publications. He has appeared in many sacred music festivals and recorded a series for the 1989 Eternal World Global Catholic Network, or EWTN. He has recorded over 22 albums, published hundreds of songs, poetry compilations, songbooks, and other publications. He has appeared on PBS, TCT, TBN, EWTN, and other national and regional television networks. His music was featured on Clear Channel Radio, EWTN Radio, Sirius XM Radio, and other networks. He also enjoyed chart success with his recording of Hallelujah in 2010, often performing together with the legendary country music group The Green Valley Boys. He continues to make and share his music. His album A New Beginning was released by World Library Publications on June the 5th, 1985. My guest is Bob Rowe. Bob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Larry. It's an honor and a thrill to be here with you and your great listeners. I sure, sure am looking forward to this. Thank you so much. Um, let's start off by asking, how did you become involved with World Library Publications? Well, you know, talk about divine providence, Larry. It was a, one of those situations you couldn't have dreamed up if you tried. Um, <laughs> I had written the album, and I think it was probably pretty much completed, and I was excited about it. It was songs from my heart and from my life experience and from my faith journey. And I wasn't really sure what to do at that point. And I had a real close relationship with our parish priest, Father um, Fitzgerald, and um, I went to talk to him one day, and he says, well, he said, I'm good friends with Charlie Rose at Ave Maria Publishing at Notre Dame, and let's take a little trip over there. And uh, he loaded me up in in the car and a copy of my album and went over to meet Mr. Rose, and he was so smitten with the music and with my youthful enthusiasm and uh, loved the you know, the passion and the, the prayerfulness of many of the songs. And he said, well, I just happened to have gone, grown up across the street from Pat McGeary, who is now the CEO and general manager of World Library Publications in Chicago. And I know him real well, and I'm going to get this to him 
right away and tell him how excited I am about it. And he, if he doesn't sign it up, I'm going to go into the record business. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the rest is history. Uh, Mr. McGeary was very receptive when I followed up with a phone call. And he said, why don't you come on over here to the city and we'll have a meeting and talk. And, you know, it really was pretty effortless at that point. He was also uh, pretty taken with the collection and... Um, you know, wanted to sit down and talk, and we just proceeded with a contract very shortly after that, as I recollect, and then they started to put the songs in the various missalettes even before the album and the songbook itself came out. So, you know, like I said earlier, it wasn't uh, anything that I really could have orchestrated on my own. It was definitely God's providence and, and helping hand in the whole situation. And when I look back on it, I'm a little bit amazed about how all that came to be. (laughs) (laughs) And I had wonderful lunches with all of the old staff there. Nick Freund, who was friend, who was the the director, I think, of publishing in the Missalettes. And, of course, Pat and and Betty Reiber, just a wonderful person, and introduced to all of the different staff in the different um, editing departments and so on and so forth. And... It was a wonderful experience for me, you know, um, as a young person and as a young writer, it just uh, was a real shot in the arm, and I felt like I'd really found a home, and, and ever since then, I've always been very, very close in my heart and prayers with World Library. That's wonderful, um, and, and you mentioned some of the people you work with there, of course, so we, mm-hmm. we uh, uh, and the podcast, we did have Betty uh, Reiber on the program in uh, our fourth episode. So yeah, she's she's uh, she's, re- she's retired now, but still maintains a, a, a presence in our company from the old days. That's great. Um, That's in, great. And talking about uh, how did you begin your music career? What brought you to that point? Well, um, you know, my music career before I ever did any kind of secular music, as far as singing in a club or a folk music club, um, really did start out from a position of faith. Um, Back in high school, I went to Catholic school for 12 years, St. Philip Catholic Central in Battle Creek, Michigan, where they make cereal, used to and still mm-hmm. do. <laughs> and um, I got involved with the priests and the sisters in the community and joined the home seminary program and went to different meetings. Uh, also became involved with Sister Robertine Trepa, who was a, a sister of St. Joseph. And she did pastoral care at the nursing homes and the senior care facilities and took communion to shut-ins. And she started taking me around even while I was still in high school and shortly after and and had me sing for people. And I could immediately feel God's presence in that interaction. It didn't take an awful lot on my part um, to get someone to smile, you know, and to coax the spirit and the soul out of that person Mm -hmm. um, who might have been really withdrawn. And so... Most of the songs that came um, from that very first effort, A New Beginning, were really out of my own faith journey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was really kind of out of necessity that I went from that during high school and afterwards into doing, you know, more secular programs in nightclubs and other kinds of festivals because I had to pay the bills. Absolutely, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So, you know, my heart was really starting out in liturgical and in Christian and and inspirational music. That's where it all began for for me. And Mm -hmm. many people think it was the other way around, that it was secular music, but no, it was really music born of, of my own faith journey. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, we're going to go yeah. ahead and uh, get into the album. Uh, and just a, a quick note to our listeners, this album is out of print, uh, but you'll be hearing the tracks here and probably for the first time in a long time that these tracks have been heard. Uh, so actually, uh, and at the very beginning of the podcast, we opened with the opening track called A New Beginning. So tell us about that song. You know, when you listen to A New Beginning, um, which I've always sung all through the years, uh, never put it away on a shelf, it it, it became a real popular song with my audiences of of any kind of a background. You know, it's really, if you listen to the words, it's a new beginning, it's the start of a brand new day, your love came into my life and washed the pain away, you know, it sounds like it was primarily written as a wedding piece, Mm -hmm. which it would really be good for that, you know, I mean, anybody starting out on their life journey with their spouse. If you listen to the music, it's upbeat, and you listen to the lyrics, it really does have that kind of a flow to it. However, you know, anybody that's walked in this journey of life long enough realizes there's nothing permanent but change, as the old saying goes. Mm -hmm. And no matter what happens in our lives, there's always a new beginning somewhere 
in some capacity. You know, things change, people pass away, circumstances change, and so the song really is applicable to a number of different things in life, you know. And your love came into my life and washed the pain away. You could look at that as God's love, you know, coming into our life and, and giving us a new beginning. So in addition to being a good wedding song, it is <laughs> yes. also a good song of hope and a good song of, of starting out with a hopeful attitude in whatever our new beginning situation is. So, so in effect, this, this podcast interview is a new new beginning for this album. <laughs> That's right, and, yeah. Very appropriate. And, and another note to our listeners. Normally, we, we play the clip before talking to our artists. Today, we're going to do it in the opposite order. So we're going to hear the story and then hear the clip, which might be a little more meaningful in this case. So the next song on the album is called Rainbows. So tell us about that one. Mm-hmm. Well, sadly to report, my father died when I was in my early 20s before I became involved with World Library, Uh and um, it was a very, very, very sad time for me in my life because I was very close to him. Mm -hmm. He converted to the church when he was 40 years old and was a lifelong Presbyterian, and uh, my mother's French side of the family were Catholic right from the get-go, and my dad was a Presbyterian as my grandma Roe was. And because of my mom's prayers and her faithfulness to the church and the changes that seemed to occur back then during the Second Vatican Council, my father really warmed up to the church. And he converted and was baptized on the same day that my youngest brother was. Mm. And I was very, very close to him. He was probably my greatest fan in the whole world, and when he died, it was just devastating mm-hmm. for me. Oh, sure. And I remember many months went went by after my dad's death, and I just was down in the mouth and kind of frowned. And then one day I was out walking after a rainstorm, and a rainbow came out, and I felt a smile come across my face for the first time in, in a long time, in many, many moons. Mm-hmm. And that's where that song came from. Um, you gave me a rainbow today, you gave me the love to light my way, and I smiled today for the first time in years. Your love has washed away my tears. So it's a confessional song about my own personal journey of loss and feeling better, you know, and mm-hmm. feeling God's love and my Father's presence again after he had moved on to the heavens. Oh, wow, that is, that is beautiful. Let's give, a, <laughs> let's give a quick listen to the song Rainbows. You gave me a rainbow today You gave me the sun to light my way And I smile today For the first time in years Your love has wiped away my tears You gave me a new song today And that truly is a beautiful song. Um, our next, the next song on the album is simply called um, is called "Love Is." Well, let's talk about that one. Well, my favorite passage in Scripture has always been Corinthians: um, "Love is patient, love is kind, mm-hmm. slow to anger, long to endure." And that's basically what the crux of that song is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I just shortened the whole thing by saying love is, you know, letting the listener take that into their own life and into their own faith journey and apply what that means to them. But I've always believed that, you know, as it says in the book of John, you know, um, 
the greatest is love, and that that is the most important thing. And I've always applied that to my ministry and to my life. Mm-hmm. So that song was kind of born from that passage in Corinthians, which, incidentally, you know, is often read at weddings. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> but you know what? I think it ought to be read at all kinds of different occasions, because I think, especially in today's world, we've really gotten too far away from what that passage says and what it really means. Yes, and the, and the songbook, of course, is helpful because it not only gives the title, but has also a theme index as well. Right, And right. for love is, it says love weddings, but also reconciliation, which, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful way to put that. Um, and uh, we're going to give a, a listen here to the song Love Is. Love is patient, love is kind, slow to anger, long to Love hears no lie, but it rejoices in truth. Love is, love is. The greatest words without love are like a gong clanging in the night. And the faith of a hundred fervent men is nothing without love. Love hears no lie, but it rejoices in truth. Love is love. I always enjoy your guitar work on on the tracks. I think Thank uh, you. There's, there's some. Uh, Thank I love you. the sound of the twelve string has always been a, a favorite of mine. I'm a guitar player myself, so I I, yeah. I really enjoy listening to to those patterns and. And of course, looking and looking at the songbook, uh, you know, guitarist will thank you for easy chords. So, <laughs> well, well, I'm an easy chord kind of guy, Larry. I, I believe that the best way to communicate with people is just to do something straightforward and and memorable. That's great. If it gets too complicated, yeah. you kind of lose the regular person sitting in the pew. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We, simple st- and simple is still the way of, of modern Catholic publishing. Simple songs that the congregation can sing right. uh, is, is, right. is, is exactly it. Um, the next song is interesting to me because it's, um, it's based on Psalm 42 and mm-hmm. 43, but it's simply called Psalm in quotes, which I thought was interesting. And uh, also, that the uh, the music itself uh, was done in '82, but the introduction was done in '85. So, tell us about that one. Uh, well, one of the editors at World Library did the introduction for me. Oh, okay, okay. They, they, I think, of all the songs on the New Beginning, Psalm was the one that just grabbed everybody. Mm. I remember Nick Friend saying, you know, the hair on his, the back of his neck stood on end, that he just got chills every time he listened to that song. And, and you know, I have a funny story with that <laughs> piece, too. Um, I remember one of the editors said to me, I don't know if he thought I was trying to make a big feminist statement at that particular point, um, but he asked me why I use the, the phrase as a doe longs for running streams instead of as a deer longs for running uh-huh. streams. Yeah. And that was not on purpose. You know, the, the odd thing was that the particular scripture that I was looking at when I was looking for something, you know, meaningful in that realm to write about, it, the, the word doe was used. I don't know if it was the Jerusalem Bible or what it was. So mm-hmm. it wasn't any kind of prophetic thing that I, or any feminist statement I was trying to make. And But this particular editor was just so pu- puzzled by that. You know, why would I use that feminine pronoun in there? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I said, well, you know, and, and then I did get philosophical about it. And I said, you know, we're all kind of vulnerable before God, we all are should humble ourselves before uh, the good Lord and before the Almighty and realize we are um, helpless and we are, without Him, we have nothing to hang on to. And I think that's what the whole gist of that song was, and the guitar playing was trying to emphasize that. Mm-hmm. And also the title, just titling it Psalm, uh, what I was trying to do there was to give the song more power, you know, Rather than saying Psalm 42 or Psalm this or Psalm that, I was trying to just use Psalm as a definitive statement. Like, okay, folks, this is my favorite passage in the Psalms, and this is how I'm going to kind of highlight that. Oh, and, and another note, too, this is a song that actually was included in the People's Mass book. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it was titled As a Do Longs. 
uh, and it's been, I believe it's, uh, I don't know if it's in the current uh, issue, but I did find it in the, mo- the last uh, edition of People's Mass Book. So okay. just, a, just a, a wonderful song. We're going to give uh, Psalm a listen. So here we go. This is Psalm. As a dawn longs for running streams, my soul is longing for thee. I have no food but tears day and night. Always they ask, where is God, where is God? My soul is longing for Thee, O my God. When will I see Your face? When will I see Your face? And that does really get you. That that melody is just wonderful. Well, um, I was thinking, you know, talking about the guitar picking, and I thought mm-hmm. you probably might be drawn to that particular piece because of the guitar playing and the, the intricate chording and, and notation in it. Yeah, it is, and it's. Uh, I, I especially just just speaking as a guitar player, I I, I do like the way it goes. Um, just looking at the E minor with the G bass to C, mm-hmm. and that's that's yep. a that's a really nice uh, progression. I just I really thank you like that. Well, it came it was kindly divinely inspired. I don't know if you want to record this part or not, but I, oh, I have always be- I've always believed, and I've always heard other songwriters say the same thing and reinforce what I feel that. You know, a really, really good crafted song and a really well inspired song is something that really comes out in a burst. You know, mm-hmm. if you, for me anyway, if you have to continually rewrite, rewrite, and rewrite and rewrite something, it really tends to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have the same passion and the same oomph to it that when something just is divinely inspired and just comes all out at once. And I've heard classical musicians say that which is my background, and I've heard folk musicians, I've heard country musicians, jazz people, all of them say the same thing, that when they're writing, it has to be inspired, and it usually happens really quick. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with Psalm for me. Yeah, I can, and you can hear that. In the, you know, in I just the sat down recording. and started playing those chords, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit, but the words just kind of, after reading the passages, kind of came together with the chording. It was not something I had to really labor over. Oh wow! Sometimes the simplest and, songs are the are the best songs. You know that's. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, I leave room for other people's interpretations, but I do believe the the simple, straightforward things that come out. You know, right away. You know, you you know right away if it's moving. Mm-hmm. You, know, you yourself know, I think. Well, I always think of "Love Me Do" by the Beatles, which was very easy, very <laughs> simple. Love Me Do, right? Yeah, and it's like it's like yeah. the, the song. Oh, we wrote that very quickly, and and it was a great song, and it was simple, mm-hmm. and it was uh, three chords, and here we go. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely, our our next track uh, is "Give Thanks to the Lord" uh, from Psalm one thirty six. So obviously, that's the text. Uh, tell us about the song. Um, it's a song of thanksgiving. Um, I was just in a really grateful mood, you know, just thanking God for all of the good things I had. I've, I think I've always been an optimist, Larry, even mm-hmm. in spite of human tragedies that happened to all of us. Oh, sure. I've always tried to look at the high road and, and um, the blessings and the things that are, are good in my life. In fact, I tell my seniors that all the time when we do programs in nursing homes. Mm-hmm. I always I always say, well, we don't have much control over anything in this world, but one thing we do is our attitude, and we can get up in the morning and decide, are we going to focus on the things that didn't work out the way we wanted, or are we going to look at all of the good things that are in our life and give thanks unto the Lord for that? And that's basically what that passage about, you know, it's just trying to focus on that part of our all of our blessings mm. and to give thanks for them. That's wonderful. Uh, we're going to give a listen here to this is Give Thanks to the Lord by Bob Rowe. Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. His love will last forever. Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. His love will last forever. He alone does great works. So oh, his love will last forever. 
forever. He made the earth, the sea, and the sky. His love will last forever. Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. His love will last forever. Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. His love will last forever. And I always enjoy an upbeat song, too. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, fantastic. I tell people, too, gospel music or Christian music doesn't all have to be sour and sad and dark and Absolutely. You know, mournful. All right, now for I the... think we all have to give joy to, to one another, and that's part of our journey. Yes, know? yes. Oh, gosh, yes. I, I do. So are we flowing pretty good so far? feels good to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to keep going. And, and, and with, with my firmest apologies to the millennials listening, uh, now we have to flip <laughs> the record over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I remember uh, my, my yeah. friend Joan Baez told the audience one time, you know, uh-huh. about a record album when she made her first few albums. She says, Well, they're like CDs, but bigger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the kids all look puzzled, you know, what's she talking about? Yes, and, and of course, uh, I grew up with LPs, so I, I know that, yeah. um, you know, and of course, I, I really enjoyed playing these old records from the archive. It's really mm-hmm. a lot of fun to, to listen to this music. And um, I, I've been, I've done them all. I think when I started my yeah. career, of course, with a new beginning they were all about the lps but then we segued to cassettes yes and we do have a while and i had a few releases on on cassette only and then of course cds right and now nothing (laughs) now it's uh in the cloud as they say yeah Yeah. (laughs) streaming and all the things that writers love that don't pay anything right (laughs) absolutely Uh, oh that's the way that's the way of the music industry unfortunately i'm telling you um, and yeah. I forgot to mention, we do have a copy of this album on cassette in the archive uh, that was found amongst the cassettes we had. So okay. the, we're on side two of the record now, and we start with a song called All Creatures Great and Small, based on uh, Matthew 10 and Luke 12. Uh, Brightly with conviction is the note. So tell us about this one. Oh, Larry, you've really done your homework. I'm telling you, I have all the scripture passages <laughs> written down, and you're beating me to the punch, which I absolutely love. Well, well this is a, a, a song that talks about our, our innocence, you know, mm-hmm. that um, in other places in scripture it says, unless we become like little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think what this song is saying, you know, is that God loves us all, you know, no matter what our state in life is, and and that our innocence you know, needs to stay alive in order to have eyes of faith to to look at him and to see him and to feel the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what this song says. He loves every creature, whether great or small, you know, not a sparrow falleth that he does not see, you know, and so on and so forth. And it has a lot of different components from Scripture in it, you know, Mm -hmm. about God has his eye on the sparrow and I know he watches me. And and how he loves all creatures, great and small, you know, whatever your position in life is. And I think it's just a song for me uh, when I wrote it and even to this day is to give people their worth and their dignity. Mm-hmm. And it ties in uh, in a great way with my lifelong ministry with senior citizens. That um, mm-hmm. So many of them feel useless and not important because they can't function like they once did and Maybe they never had a lofty position in the community or in, in their work life, but, you know, it's just saying to everybody, you matter. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, right. God created all of us in his image and his likeness, and he loves every creature, mm-hmm. whether great or small. And, and I always think of amen. the... Uh, absolutely, <laughs> amen to that. I always think of the uh, the book by James Harriet, uh, which uh, talks about his, his mission in life was to care for all animals, no matter what they were, mm-hmm. and... You know, you know whether they were owned or stray or, or whatnot. He cared for uh, all those creatures, and I thought, what a great title for that! Um, right. Let's uh, be an animal yeah. lover. I love that. Oh, absolutely, and me too. I, I just, I, I just absolutely love that. Let's, uh, let's listen to all creatures, great and small. Not a sparrow falleth that he does not see. Not a grain of sand or a leaf on a tree. Every hair on your head. Has counted them all, for he loves every creature, whether great or small. See the lilies of the field, they do not spin nor weep, yet the greatest of kings was not arrayed as these. 
Our Heavenly Father will take care of us all. He loves every creature, whether great or small. He loves you, His own. He will take care of you. He loves you and sees everything you do. Our Heavenly Father loves the flowers and trees, but He loves you and I far above all of Right, our next our next song carries a dedication to Mother Teresa of Calcutta, and it's called "All About Love." So, tell us about that one. Uh, that one is right from the heart of my ministry, um, Larry. It just is—it's right there. Mm-hmm. Here I stand, O Prince of us all, with my heart and my hand filled to the brim. Everywhere there's starving uh, among people, and so on and so forth. It's. You know, I don't know any of the songs on the album that really capsulize what my faith journey has been all about. You know, not just working with the elderly, but, you know, my whole approach to life and that it really is all about love. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters the most and service and care for our fellow human beings and furry creatures, too, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and right, right around that period of time, I watched the documentary on PBS, Mother Teresa, Gift of Love, and um, was absolutely taken with her ministry. I had already started mine at that point, and, mm-hmm. but her, what she was doing and being aware of it and watching it gave mine a humongous shot in the arm. And I remember back then, I wrote a letter to her in India, and I had no intention of ever having a response or never even dreamed of one and kind of put it out there and totally forgot about it and one day about I want to say two months later kind of a yellowed envelope came and it it had an old-fashioned royal typewriter typing on it wow and yeah and it came from Calcutta India and I thought to myself goodness gracious can this really be (laughs) and I opened it up and it was indeed a a hand-typed note from Mother Teresa and hand signed wow. by her. Wow. And that was kind of how All About Love came about that song, was from that first letter from Mother Teresa. And mm-hmm. people that know me and have read about me in the Catholic Digest or seen my ministry on TV or wherever know that I had a probably 15, 18-year correspondence relationship with Mother Teresa. And I would send her pictures of myself and my other artists performing for the elderly. And she would handwrite little notes on the pictures and mail them all the way back to Michigan from India. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. I mean, it's amazing to me now when I think back on it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And when she was canonized two years ago, everybody, all of the TV networks and the Detroit Free Press and all the papers were in my dining room. And I I had the letters all strewn out on the table and they were all taking pictures of it very interested and I I was even contacted by the Holy See and the Vatican for copies of the letters when they were formulating her cause of sainthood wow so, yeah yeah and I still get shivers when I think about you know um, somebody of her stature and her fame and her sanctity would bother to write to me mm-hmm, right, but I, right. I but, but I always remember her words, too, that we have to be faithful to God in little things, and mm-hmm. most of all, how we treat one another, you know, answer phone calls, you know, return emails, treat people with love and dignity the way we would want to be treated, otherwise the big things we do don't really matter. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, Mother Teresa, and this is what I have told reporters for years, Mother Teresa was the real deal, and she was a real authentic saint to me, because... Um, you know, because of her response to people that could not do anything for her necessarily or right, right. Weren't, weren't, weren't big flyers in the world, you know. Um, she treated everyone with the same dignity and the same importance as she did, you know, the head of a corporation or or the Holy Father or whatever, you know, made us all feel like we really valued, were valued in the kingdom of God. And so to me, she she's my favorite saint. And I got to know her. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Wow, what a great story. Uh, now, it, it let's, uh, let's go ahead and give a listen to the song All About Love. Here I stand, O Prince of all men, With my eyes and my heart filled to the brim. Around me are children starving for bread, And even more starving for love. 
fathers along the way. A song about peace as pure as a dove. A song for the people that's all about love. La 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la. And, and that is a beautiful song. Um, Thank you. We're gonna it's move. one of my favorites on oh. the album besides Psalm. Yeah, I, I like that one, and my, my other favorite one is coming up. So I'm, I'm going to save that one uh, for a couple tracks here. Our next song is There Is But One Friend. So let, tell us about that one. Uh, back uh, even before I wrote to Mother Teresa, I uh, right at t- the tail end of high school, and afterwards I became friends with Sister Robertine Trepp I, I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My grandmother became a shut-in late, late in her life. She couldn't get out to Mass and Holy Communion, and, and Sister Robertine was the pastoral care minister in our parish, and she came to the door one day and came in and wanted to give my grandmother communion since she wasn't able to get out to the services. And my mother had me get my guitar and play music for Sister Robertine. And Sister had me take the guitar with her. She she really was quite a stickler about getting me going with everything. <laughs> she got me she got me out of the house, not that I wasn't busy anyway, but she got me out of the house and uh, dragged me around to every shut-in she visited and every nursing home and everything. And, you know, it was really destiny for me because... Immediately, I could see a chemistry between myself and the people that we were visiting. And, you know, I had thought about becoming a priest at that point, but, boy, the music pull was the strongest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an enormous devotion to the Eucharist and to the Mass, and I, it's the best part of my week. And I often go a, uh, an hour early and pray the rosary and, and think about Sister Robertine and all the people in my journey. But mm-hmm. music was the biggest call for me, and she was so instrumental in getting me out there. And so I kind of wrote uh, There Is But One Friend for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, celebrating her ministry and taking a Holy Communion to the shut-ins, but also reminding us all, you know, as the other Protestant hymn, uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus says, our greatest friend and helper is heavenly, and that often when people abandon us and life does not turn our way, you know, there is one but one friend we can depend on. Mm-hmm. And as the words say, take his hand and, you know, all of the other things that, that we need to do to tr- show trust and, and to believe and that he's there for us. So that's a personal song about um, mm-hmm. our greatest friend, the Lord. Oh, wonderful. Now let's let's go ahead and give a listen to the song There Is But One Friend by Bob Rowe. There is but one friend whom you can depend on. There is but one friend who really cares. And as you travel down this road, you stand on. Reach out to him and he will always be there. Well, it's a hard road sometimes, ah, but he'll give you peace of mind. And as your life changes, there'll be riches for you to find. There is but one friend whom you can the next song uh, on the album is actually one of the only song that you didn't write. Uh, it's uh, by Sister Ellen yep. Marie Keating, and it's based on Romans 8 and Psalm 103, a very familiar topic. Uh, it, the song is Abba, Father. So mm-hmm. how did you come to include that one in your collection? And that's one of my favorites. I love the orchestration Brandon Wade did on that song. Well, yes, Nick Friend yes. found that for me because we had the old a cappella song, By the Rivers of Babylon, We Lay Down and Wept. So we, we remembered Thee, Zion, and it wasn't, um, Nick and, and Pat, the rest of our friends there, didn't really feel like it fit with the rest, and so it was really Nick Friends doing, he, you know, he set out to find a song that he thought would really do well with my vocal abilities, and would highlight um, a message, you know, about our dependence on God as our Father, and also fit in with the rest of the pieces, so... Um, he came up with Abba Father by Sister Ellen, and it just uh, fits so well. And I, like I said, I love the orchestration on it. 
Yes, it's a very nice arrangement. And we're going to go ahead and listen to Abba Father, which is written by Sister Ellen Marie Keating and sung by Bob Rock. song uh, actually carries a dedication to your father, Bob Rose Sr., and so I guess that makes you a junior, doesn't it? <laughs> I am a junior. Okay. Yep. Yep. The, the, I song, sure am. the song is called To the Children um, with a text by Walter Rinder. Uh, so please uh, tell us about that one. Uh, Walt Rinder was an extremely popular and uh, best selling poet in the late 60s and through the 70s. And I corresponded with him and, and um, really admired his words. And at one point, I think before I ever got involved with World Library, his publisher was going to do a record uh, with music to his words, and he contracted me and, and wanted me to write melodies to his words for mm-hmm. the, a, a record project, which ended up not really happening because um, I guess the label went under. You know, times changed back then. Yes. Poetry was not as big as it was during the Rod McEwen and Walter Rinder era. It just didn't, you know, just quit selling after uh, a point in time. But I'd had this song that I really liked. It was up- upbeat, and, and I thought, you know, this song's different. The words, but the words aren't really secular. They're, you know, they could really work well on an on a inspirational album. And so I included that in there because I love, you know, what it says, you know, I'll, I'll sing you a sky filled with bluebirds, mm-hmm. I'll compose you a rhyme to enjoy, you know, and, and so on and so forth. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of like giving a legacy to our young ones and, and people coming up after us. Uh, I, I suppose now, you know, it might be kind of considered a timely song with um, many people concerned about the environment. And, oh, sure, you know, yes. pres- yeah, and preserving nature and preserving the beauty of the world that we live in. You know, uh, the lyrics to this song might fit more. Oh, now absolutely. Than ever. <laughs> you've, you've, you've got you've got in here in a clear mountain <laughs> right. stream. So uh, right. it would be nice to have clear mountain streams again. Uh, right, that's for sure. Or at least keep the ones we've got going. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, just a, a beautiful song. We're going to take a quick listen to the song "To the Children." I'll sing you a sky filled with bluebirds. I'll compose you a rhyme you'll enjoy. I'll cool off your cheeks in a clear mountain stream, and we'll play with the clouds as our toys. And I'll show you the frost in the morning. I will lead you by day with the sun. And I'll take you to new worlds in the forest Where you can sing, you can dance, you can run And now we've reached the end of the album. Uh, The last song on the album is called You're Someone Special. And uh, I think that actually describes itself, but go ahead and tell us about that one. Uh, That that one probably is my most enduring song because uh, I have actually uh, performed it Nonstop over the last several decades, and and um, people love that song. Wherever I do a concert, secular concert, church concert, sacred music festival, whatever it is, people just always love that. And I'd, I'd have to say probably it's one of my best known songs. And that once again was a song written to try to musically give dignity and worth to our elderly or to anybody that feels on the margins of society or not wanted or not loved or not special or cared about or not of value. Mm-hmm. And that's what the song is trying to say is that you're someone special and I wanted you to know I'll be thinking of you wherever I go. And if you need somebody when all your dreams fall through, I want you to remember 
that I love you. And I tell the audiences, you can listen to that song and think it's coming from me, and that's me saying that to you, or what I really would like you to do is listen to the lyrics of the song and the flowing melody and, and close your eyes and imagine God talking to you mm-hmm. and telling, telling you you're special and you have worth, and I'll be thinking of you wherever you go. Um, so from that point of view, it's, it's been a very popular song with the audiences. And it uh, kind of also capsulizes my ministry in trying to give value and dignity and worth to not just the elderly, but like I said, anybody that's marginalized or feels like a second-class citizen. And that um, in God's kingdom, there are no second-class citizens. Right. We all right. have worth, and we're all walking down that same rainbow path to, to God and, and where we're all going to be someday. So... God has no favorites. We all matter. That's true. We're going to take a listen to the song You're Someone Special by Bob Rowe. You're someone special And I wanted you to know That I'll be thinking of you wherever you go And if you need somebody When all your dreams fall through Then I want you to remember that I love you and I'll give you the best of me and I'll give you my love for free no holds barred and nothing held back God made you there's nothing you lack you're someone special, and I wanted you to know. Another beautiful song, Bob. Um, Thank you. Just, just wonderful. And of course, we've reached the inner groove of the album, which means the needle's about to pop up and go back to the. <laughs> again, my apologies to the millennials who have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, and the, I want to go back to the to the back of the album, and you have a quote here that I'd like to read aloud, and and we could talk about that for a moment. Uh, it says. To me, singing and writing songs has always felt like the ability to rise above myself somehow and visit a higher plane for a brief moment. Someone once said, singing is praying twice. I think they were right. In worship, music is the extra special thing that helps us celebrate the spirit of life with the source from which it comes. Any sound created for that purpose is beautiful to him. The songs in this collection, my first, are to celebrate being human being alive, and striving to reach that higher plane for more than a brief moment to my mother with love, Bob Rowe, 1984. Where did that quote come from, Bob? Uh, I have always believed that we, we songwriters don't necessarily write, that it really does come from the Holy Spirit and from something higher up above. Mm-hmm. And we really yield to that, I think, create a song to make that happen. And I think that's what I'm trying to say there is that, you know, we reach a higher plane when we're writing a song, when everything comes together and it's just right, the music and the lyrics, it's really coming from a higher source above ourselves. And and then in our lives, we try to reach that plateau and try to grow spiritually in every part of our life and to be on that higher plateau, you know, and that's when we end up hopefully ultimately being with God. And so that's what that's saying, is that really songwriting and, you know, when we really, really connect, it's connecting with the divine. It's not anything that we really do ourselves, and I'm not the only one that feels that way. I've heard countless songwriters say that, you know, whether they're secular songwriters or, or religious songwriters, they all feel the same way. They don't ever believe they're responsible. They believe that there's some higher power. (laughs) you know in the process of writing especially when it comes out really well you know Um, because I know for myself Larry when I try to write if I'm not if I don't have that inspiration and I haven't tapped into it correctly it does not come out um, inspiring (laughs) so that inspiration I really do believe comes from the Holy Spirit and that's the the divine plane that we kind of enter when we're writing and when we're and I also should add when we're listening and we're moved by a great song too I think it takes us to a higher level absolutely absolutely and of course the the album is now um 34 years old 
<laughs> and so that's hard to believe. I know, and uh, of course, there's a very young photo of you on the back of the album. Uh, I was very young. <laughs> that's wonderful. You have been listening to the World Library podcast. Be sure to subscribe and to get all of our episodes. You can listen to them in any order. Our special thanks to Mr. Bob Rowe, who joined us today via phone. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Larry, and thank you, my beloved first publisher, World Library. And you're welcome. The album, A New Beginning, by Bob Rowe, is permanently out of print. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. This podcast is copyright 2019 by World Library Publications, and all rights are reserved. For permissions, please visit our website at wlpmusic.com and click on the Reprints and Permissions tab. Special thanks to Mary Lou Pollock Rafferty, owner of J.S. Pollock Company and World Library Publications, to Jennifer Odegaard, our Vice President and Chief Publishing Officer, to Michelle Von Ebers, our Rights and Permissions Manager, to Raquel Hernandez, our Marketing Director, to Mary Beth Kundi Anderson, our Director of Publications, and Deb Johnston, our Productions Manager. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host for World Library Publications. At the time of this recording, we learned that a former WLP composer has passed away, Leo Nestor. Leo Nestor recorded an album in 1970 with the World Library of Sacred Music called Sons of the Morning. In tribute to the late Leo Nestor, our closing song is Sons of the Morning by Leo Nestor. Until next time. Stop.